Hey, this is Heath Padgett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 45. The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly podcast where I interview nomadic entrepreneurs who are running a business while traveling full-time. I'm recording today's episode from Denton, Texas, and it's been kind of a crazy week. Yesterday, Alyssa and I pulled an all-nighter waiting for our new nephew to be born. He's happy, healthy, and probably tired, so I don't know how happy he is, but I'm sure he's happy to be in the world. And next week, we are getting ready for our upcoming conference, the RV Entrepreneur Summit that we're hosting out in Fredericksburg. I'm not sure if I gave you guys an update on the summit, but this is the first conference that Alyssa and I are hosting together. It will be out in Fredericksburg, and we actually booked out the campground. We were originally expecting like around 30 people, and we have a little over 100 who are attending the summit. It's going to be over three days. We're going to have a wine tasting, eight speakers who uh, most of them have been interviewed on this podcast, not all of them, but most of them, a couple workshops, attendee-led meetups, and it should be really, really cool. Part of me is excited. The other part of me is terrified because I feel like we're going to forget things because it's our first time to host a conference. But either way, it should be fun getting to meet a lot of people who have listened to this podcast, who are out traveling in their RV. And I'm really, really excited for that. Also, I just want to give you guys a quick update on campgroundbooking.com. I've told you that I want to keep you guys posted as we're building a software company from RV and kind of just using our story as a case study of sorts as what it's like building a software company while traveling full-time in an RV. Uh, where we are right now is we've onboarded a couple of our beta customers who are out uh, campgrounds who are using our reservation software. And we thought we had built uh, an MVP that would serve all of their needs, a minimum viable product to serve all their needs. But as it turned out, there are quite a few features that they needed. I mean, really practical features like being able to change a reservation and uh, take custom payments and things like that within the system. Things we knew we would need to add in there. But once when a campground was actually in there plugging in reservations, we realized we had to make a lot of these changes. So right now we're not really focused as much on growing that business or marketing or selling to campgrounds as we are just trying to make sure the product works. And once it does, we're really going to start trying to figure out how do we bring on campgrounds. And this year, as we're taking our RV up the East Coast, trying to figure out how does it look to be selling campgrounds to use our system, join uh, campground bookings, start taking online reservations, and how does that sync up with our travel? How is that going to balance? I honestly don't really know at this point. It's something that we're just going to be trial and error figuring it out while we're on the go. I'd say the hardest thing about where we're currently at at the moment is just trying to be patient. We're self-funding this company, meaning that uh, two of the partners, uh, myself and Paul, who is our CTO, we both have client work that we do, so we have more free time to work on the business. Our designer, Bob, has a full-time gig with a company called Chargeify. And so at this point, we're working full-time on this a couple, two, three days a week. We're talking every day. But I, I just I really want to be focusing on this this company all the time. But it's just a process of figuring it out until we can get traction and start getting revenue in the business. Uh, we're going to keep self funding and doing it on the side, working late uh, nights. I did a demo last night at 8 p.m. after pulling pretty much an all nighter uh, for our new nephew, and it was an hour and a half, and it was long. And I'm not sure whether or not they're going to sign up. But you know what? It doesn't matter. I think that's just all part of starting a new company, figuring it out as we go. So look forward to keeping you guys updated uh, with Campground Booking. Today on the podcast, I'm interviewing Jason Moore, who is the host of the Zero to Travel podcast, one of the top ranked travel podcasts in iTunes. He consistently kicks my butt. And uh, 
Jason is also the co-founder of Location Indie, a community of people helping each other kick ass in business and travel. A few things we talk about on this episode is how Jason used a career in event marketing to jumpstart a location-independent lifestyle and community, the power of setting your mind on the idea of location independence and how to take actions towards your travel goals, how to use consulting to fast-track your way to location independence, and what world travel can you do to improve your career and overall happiness. This one's kind of all over the spectrum, but Jason's one of the smartest guys I know when it comes to actually just becoming location independent. How can you actually find jobs that allow you to be location independent before starting up a business because sometimes that takes longer. And I know also a lot of people want to travel internationally. So while Jason doesn't live full time in an RV, he has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to just being able to transition into being location independent and having that freedom. So I know you guys are going to love this interview with Jason and let's go. Jason, what up? Thanks for being on the show with me, man. Thank you for having me. I mean, look, it's always great to talk with a fellow travel lover, right? <laughs> and travel podcaster. We were talking about this before the show. It's nice. We have both the equipment and all that good stuff. And uh, Jason, we just became friends a couple of weeks ago, but he's already been a podcast mentor for me. And if you haven't checked out his podcast, Zero to Travel, it's one of the first podcasts that are travel related that people refer to me. So I'm sure you've probably already heard of this if you're a podcast junkie, but you should definitely check out his show. So Jason, what's interesting to me about your story, and I just want to dive into this, is that, uh, and we touched on this a little bit because you just interviewed me on your podcast, which is also releasing today. So if you're listening to this, you should also go check out that interview. You seem like you're very much a product of our generation. So am I, in a good way. We both are. But you're just a guy who wanted to travel and go see the world. And for, I guess, like 10 years, you had various jobs, like being an event coordinator, that allowed you to travel and go see the world. At what point did you start stop doing those jobs? And I want to hear about those and start jumping into this world of blogging and podcasting and and all and all this digital nomad movement. Yeah, I mean it's, you know, as you know when you travel, you're seeing a lot of different places like we talked about in our interview, uh, you're looking out the window at different locations. Sometimes time gets a little fuzzy, Heath. You know, <laughs> I'm not always the best with the timeline. Seriously, I don't know if it's because I lived nomadically for so long, but like there's the big joke of the, uh, you know, like the rock star comes on stage and it's like, hello, Cleveland. And it's oh, like yeah. they're in a totally different city and everybody's like, boo. That's <laughs> not the rock star part, but that's happened to me so many times. I've been like, wait a minute, where am I again? Like actually forget it because I was on the road for so long. So yeah, so it was about, give or take, like a, a little over a decade that I worked these travel jobs, these jobs that allowed me to travel. And the reason I did it was because I essentially, even though I didn't really know I was doing this at the time, looking back, I realized I think it's a really good strategy for people is to just essentially reverse engineer your career. So I was like, I don't know what I want to do coming out of college. I have $20,000 in debt, but I want to go travel. How can I do this? And I basically scrapped any ideas of careers and realized, okay, why don't I just take my interest of travel, if you can imagine like a Venn diagram or something, and just like draw a circle and write travel in the middle, right? <laughs> and whatever dots like of different things I could do that fit into that were things that I was willing to do to, to travel. And it just happened that I found a job that allowed me to do this. It was in the event marketing industry. And I just went I just went with it. So I went on a, a tour. We were doing a charity event for kids. It was uh it was at Kmart's in Kmart parking lots. We were racing kids were racing modified lawn tractors. We did take the blades <laughs> off um around an obstacle course and we went to like, I don't know, thirty cities in thirty weeks or something. We had two semi trailers and 
basically you could say we were glorified carnies, right? We were running this charity <laughs> event and it just kickstarted a whole career that I ended up getting into for like over 10 years managing events. I ended up getting into music touring and all this stuff. So, um, yeah, then there was a transition point later on. I don't know if that's where you want me to get into, but that's sort of the quick background on the travel jobs. Yeah. So I, I love this idea of kind of reverse engineering. It's kind of like saying, here's my values and here's the things that I want to do. And there's a million different ways to carry that out, uh, which I think is really cool because it's like in travel, there's a million different ways to go on travel. And some of, and, and what I also like about yours wasn't, wasn't even super technology centric. Like you were doing event marketing which is kind of an age old tactic that companies have used across the country. And it wasn't even internet focused, which is really cool. If anybody doesn't know what it is, people in the States, every time I bring this example up, they're like, Oh yeah, I've seen that thing. Have you ever seen the Oscar Mayer wiener mobile? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like a giant hot dog car yeah. and it's driving around <laughs> and they do all these promotions and it gets a lot of attention because it's a car shaped like a giant hot dog and everybody knows what it is. That's essentially what event marketing is. It's a, you know, a, corporate event that's meant to draw attention to like a brand or product or service. Yes, it was very much IRL, I guess you would say. What is IRL? <laughs> in the real world. Oh, in the- I just heard that, I just heard that term. <laughs> like uh, I don't know, it's like a texting term or something. I didn't know what it was. But yeah, it's it's totally location dependent. It's like the most location dependent thing you can do. I mean, we were running an event. So you have to be at a certain place at a certain time. You had to set up the event and run it. And you know Years later, when I started, when I first heard the term location independent, and I was like, oh, like that's that, yeah, that sounds like me. I want that. That's, that's a cool thing. You know, I can work from anywhere and I can determine my own travel schedule. Cause at that time, I loved being on tour. I loved going to all these different cities, getting paid to do it. But I had done it so many times for so many years and I'd been living on the road. I was like, oh, it would be cool to set up my own schedule. So I started thinking about doing my own thing. Uh, I moved to Colorado for a bit, got like sort of a regular job for a little while, which wasn't even that regular, but did that. And I started thinking about this location independent lifestyle because I was like, I heard the term and I was like, this is awesome. This sounds exactly aligned with my values, like you mentioned. I mean, it's it's something I could I get to create something, and also I get the challenge of trying to achieve that. You know, like how am I going to achieve a location independence? And also, it was it was a thing that I don't know. Like I, it was a, a definitely an intention I set, and I wanted to do it. But like in the beginning, I wasn't really exactly sure how that was going to happen. I wasn't feeling super confident about it either, Heath. You know what I mean? I wasn't like, bam, location independence is what I want. I'm going to take it and it's going (laughs) to happen. I was like, I was trying to be positive, but it seemed like really kind of hard, you know, um, as these things tend, tend to be. Uh, and that's what took me down the journey of, uh, I guess just self-studying, you know, business and marketing and, and soul searching and trying to figure out, okay, was it, what is it? that I really want to do and what do I really want to spend my time on, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think that's really interesting. And it's something I've been thinking a lot about a lot lately too, is just how long it actually takes to get things going. I think the internet has given us a false perception of how long it actually takes to make stuff happen. You see all these blogs and we've talked about this that are, you know, how I made X number of dollars in a month, a million dollars in like a month. I don't know, just, and it gives off the perception that success happens really quickly. And for us, it's just like success wasn't even making tons and tons and tons of money. It was just being able to travel. So how long was it from the time that you started getting this bug of 
wanting to be location, not even just travel in general, but wanting to just be location independent before you were actually self-employed doing your own thing? Like what was that period of time? It was about, again, timelines are fuzzy with me, but it (laughs) it was, it was about a year to year and a half. You know, I had, I I said, I got, uh, it's funny. I got this regular job, I would call it in, uh, in sales at a liquor distributor in Colorado. And I had been working some events locally there and this was more of like a full-time thing. And I had never really had, I'd done all this contract work. So in a way I was self-employed doing all the contract work for the events. Cause I would just get hired for a few months here, six months here for these tours, whatever. And then I would just move from contract to contract, but it, it's a little bit different, I guess. I was sort of freelancing on a contract basis. Whereas now I was looking to sort of have a like a full-time thing that was my own thing that was not dependent on somebody giving me a contract, if that makes sense. But when I got this regular job, when I went for, for the interview the first time, the only reason I, I, I got called in is because I knew somebody and they recommended me. And I was on tour, tour managing a, a band and they, we were playing a show in Denver. And I happened to be you know, on the tour bus, like we were on tour and for those two days, like that they were doing interviews, one of those days was like one of the days that we were playing in Denver, that, that the band I was with was playing in Denver. So I got up that morning, like in the tour bus and ran across the street while like the band and everybody was sleeping and rented a car and drove to this interview and like walked into this interview in like jeans and like a pair of bands. And I had hair that was like down to my chin and I warned them beforehand. I was like, ah, I don't care about this. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to get reg, you know, a, buy a suit for this interview. This is stupid. So anyway, so I don't know, somehow I got called back for a second interview, but before I left, they said, by the way, when you come back for the second time, don't, don't wear jeans. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just a funny moment because I was so sort of against all that, you know, yeah. but I ended up taking it because it was an outside thing and it was outside sales. So I could work in different bars and restaurants in Boulder where I was living and I didn't have to really be in the office. I just had to come down there occasionally for things here and there. But this is the long answer to your question. After a year, I realized I was like, all right, like I did that. That was a cool experience. But now I'm just going to repeat a lot of the same things I've already done over the last year in a way, not that there aren't new things to learn, but when we talked about this in the last podcast, it's like once you stop learning at a job or you feel like you're not challenged or maybe you learned the 80% of the things that you're going to take away from that and now you're just working on maybe the 20% of 20% of the things that are left, maybe those aren't as valuable to you. I feel like I learned my lessons. I had the experience. In the second year, I was like, all right, this isn't like a long-term solution. This is This was a great transition piece. I was going through a breakup and all this other stuff, trying to get off the road which is not easy when you've been nomadic for over a decade. And I just started looking at location independence then and figuring out, okay, this way, if I'm location independent, I can still travel if I want to, but I don't have to travel full time to earn my living. Yeah. If I don't want to. That makes sense. So let's, let's kind of shift gears for a minute. So you started, what were some of the resources that you were looking at during this time to become location independent? Like, were you reading certain blogs or, or certain things like that? Or what, what were you doing during that time? Yeah, like everybody, you know, you kind of go through these, you start questioning certain things and then you start exploring, right? Yeah. And I think one of the hard things for people is to know, and I know this was a challenge for me, 
because I love to read <laughs> and I love to dive deep on different things. So I was doing that, but the problem was I didn't know when to cut that off, you know, and at a certain point you have to start taking action and start doing because you're going to learn infinitely more once you actually start taking action. So yeah. And I think I would, that's probably like, I sorry to cut you off, but that's probably yeah. the biggest challenge is like you're doing outside sales in this job. Uh, and you're trying to figure out what is the route that can get me to this being free, location independent, whatever, traveling. And we've discussed this on your episode today, but there's so many different paths that you can take to get there. Uh, you can start a business. You can you know, find a job that allows you to go be nomadic and have more flexibility. You can freelance, whatever. It's kind of hard because in a sense, you kind of have to build up momentum on like some type of side hustle. I'm, and I'm curious to hear what you did to kind of get through that stage because it's like you're either working nights and weekends to build something up that allows you to go travel or you jump into a job that allows you to go. So what was your transition like from this job in sales to being able to go out and do this thing? Yeah. I mean, I think the first piece is just setting the intention for me. That was setting the intention to be location independent and really putting it out there and putting my everyday efforts behind that goal. And I think that's, that's huge because once you, once you do that, you, you start thinking in a different way. You start filtering all your decisions through this intention. And because I had done that, yes, I was, I was doing some reading, like you mentioned, like Pat Flynn's, you know, smart passive income was, you know, great resource. Uh, I heard the term location independent from Sean Ogle, who also runs a community in that space. Yeah. I've done video with Sean's dad before. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, I mean, we know, you know, we know some of the same people. It's a small world, but, uh, you know, once you have the intention, you start filtering your decisions through that intention. And that made things a lot easier. So uh, a buddy of mine in the event industry ran a staffing company there. And I had worked with him when I was a tour manager on the road. And he basically said, well, um, you know, I need somebody to help with business development. And I said, I, I know a lot of people in the industry. And I said, I'm interested in this, but only if I can do it from anywhere, you know, yeah. because I already had that. That was that was what it was like. Nothing I was going to do was if it didn't fit, like I wasn't going to do it. I was basically going to throw it out if it didn't fit within the location independence, an independent lifestyle. So he said, I don't really care where you do business development from. So I said, okay. So we basically made like a, a real short agreement and I ended up doing business development for him. And there was like a trial period and then I just ended up continuing on. So that was my first full time business, which was essentially consulting, which is a great way uh, that we always recommend people in our community location indie to get started. You know, if you're looking to get started fast, you know, offering up your skills as a freelancer or consultant, trading time for money, although it's not like the sexy thing, like you said, like where you're sitting back and making the passive income. It's not the thing that everybody gets all jazzed about, but it's the thing that can like really make you location independent the quickest. We believe we've seen it time and time again. And um, it was the thing that worked for me as well. I didn't really recognize it as a tactic at the time. It's just sort of how it went down. But yeah. No, that, that totally makes sense. And so you've done, did you do that while you were also launching the, pot, the Zero to Travel podcast as well? So I did that. And then I was trying to think, okay, well, what's, what's the next thing? I want to do a web-based thing, right? And it's funny because I came from this industry of event marketing. Like we said, it's the most location dependent thing that you can do or one of the most, you know, and if you're listening and you can relate where you're like, Hey, go to a job every day. Like, how can I take this job online? I really believe Heath that if you open up your mind or you just get creative with things, there's, 
a way in almost in every industry, I would say there's some way to take it online. There's some angle. I don't know what it is. I can't say like, I can't even say I could sit down with you and help you figure it out in like a short time, you know, but there's some way just by like, I I love what you said, by just making the decision, like I'm going to be location independent. And then any decisions or opportunities that come in, go through that filter. And if they don't, you know, mesh with being location independent, they get batched out of the filter because they don't fit. But somebody asks you for this opportunity and in a normal circumstance, you just be like, yeah, you know, I want to get into business development. So I'll be here and do that. But because you'd already had this on your mind, you're able to take it and go travel. Yeah, exactly. So it was the consulting piece. But then with the web piece, I was like, okay, what can I do in this industry that can be web based? And what I did, I ended up starting a website that was essentially an eBay for the event marketing industry. Uh, It's a listing service where people could list like all those wacky vehicles I talked about before, like trailers with stages and maybe not the giant hot dog, but like (laughs) I did have a... I did have a chuck wagon on there for a while. <laughs> I still have it on there actually. It's like a it looks like a stagecoach, but it was a truck they turned into like look like a stagecoach for like a chili giveaway. Yeah. Um so that's for sale on the site if you that's want it. Awesome. But um yeah, so it just started uh, reaching out to my network and listing these vehicles and essentially created like a brokering model and it didn't work for a little while and then it did and then partway through that I started the Zero to Travel podcast because after doing all this soul searching, you know, I realized all along, really, Heath, I just didn't do anything about it earlier that I was always, I always had a passion for like you. I mean, I always had a passion for helping people travel, you know, because I saw so much value in it in my life and I got to meet so many travelers while I was doing it and to hear their stories. And I just was, it never ceased to amaze me how many different ways there were to travel. And I was like, people need to know this. Like people need to know all these different ways you can do it. And it's beautiful. The fact that you can do it in so many ways and you can really cherry pick something that fits with your personality, you know? So not everybody wants to like live in an RV or not, not everybody's going to want to live nomadically for 10 years and that's okay. You can pick something that's more of a fit with who you are. And that's the beauty of this day and age that we live in. I mean, there's never been easier to do that. So uh, that just gets me really excited. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I can tell. I mean, you host a podcast on it. That's your whole life. And <laughs> right. I mean, what would you say has been the biggest thing that travel has given you as a person? Like, how has it helped shape you? I know that's really deep jumping off the end question. But <laughs> I mean, I know that in a lot of ways that what it's given me and why it's encouraged me to do what I'm doing and be in this industry, you know, not just with a podcast and blog, but a company. So I'm interested in your perspective. Why spend so much time in it? What has travel given you uh, over the past 10, 12 years that you've been doing this? Probably like if you could pick one of the top things that it's like is really giving me this or helped me shape this in my life. What hasn't it given me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not letting you stick with that answer, by the way. No, <laughs> As I fade off into the distance. <laughs> no. Um, it's a great question. And... By the way, when people come on my podcast and they say it's a great question after I ask them a question, I'm always like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my life, the way it came together, you know, especially jumping into these road jobs and working and living nomadically on the road for a decade plus at a certain point, although I was, I, I did really truly feel like I was traveling the whole time, but really 
I was just living my life on the road. Like my life was travel, you know what I mean? So it's hard to make the distinction sometimes between, oh, well this, you know, this trip gave me this or travel gave me this because it was my, it was just my life. You know, and you know how this is. I mean, you're living in an RV. I mean, you could say you're traveling, but at a certain point you live in an RV, like you're living on the road. You're just living your day to day life. And, you know, I couldn't imagine going back in time and not having had that experience because for me, it, it gave me everything I wanted and more. And I think probably the biggest thing it's given me, well, I, I mean, two things, if I had to narrow it down to two, I would say just, um, the ability to have a global perspective, obviously. And, you know, I mean, if you ever are lacking gratitude, just, just go travel. I mean, you're, you know, not only you, you personally live without things, but you see things where you see a lot of how the world lives and you just, we just have so much to be grateful for, you know, here in the States at least. And, and, you know, if you're listening to this, you're probably listening on like an iPhone or something that's probably worth more than most people make, you know, in a year. And we're just so fortunate. So just, just to just, it just beats in gratitude. Like it's just impossible not to have it, I think. And, um, that, and I, I think, you know, just all the people I've met through it and the life experiences I've had not just traveling, but through connecting with these people and hearing their stories and getting to hear their perspectives. It's been nothing short of uh, transformational in every way. Yeah. How did you meet your wife? Were you guys traveling? Yes. She's Norwegian. I live in Norway right now, so awesome. I guess I'm still traveling. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, we actually were living in Oslo, but uh, we met at a hostel in Brazil, and that's a whole other crazy story. But, um, yeah, we had this like super deep connection and then we didn't really, we weren't in touch for some years and then we got back in touch and yada, yada, yada. Now we're married and we have a child. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm super interested because we were, th- I was throwing out some terms like boondocking on your podcast and people are, yeah. and people are probably gonna be like, well, it's boondocking. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. but it, <laughs> So there's there's different just like that for for probably your audience. Uh, there's certain yeah. things about being a world traveler, digital nomad that are just foreign to me. Uh, so we, for example, work like on a day to day basis. Like how you get your work done is different. Probably you know I know it's different for someone like you as it is for us. Like we'll go to different RV parks, campgrounds, national parks, state parks, and sometimes random friends' driveway or whatever off the grid. Uh, and we're just out doing our thing. We'll typically work for a half day, then we'll go out and explore or whatever. So how much time do you spend in different places? Have you kind of just found a few parts of the world that you like spending time in? You know, how does that work? What does that look like? You know, it's funny because I had spent so much travel time traveling and being on the road and just almost traveling nonstop or, or traveling very quickly, sometimes more slowly uh, for so many years that when I finally started the podcast, it was like I actually was settling down. I want to say settling down, but I was chilling out on my traveling a little bit, which actually gave me the time to do it. And I always say to people that are considering starting a business like I mean, it's not for everybody. So, you know, enjoy your travel experience because that has value too. And my experience has been, as far as working on the road, the easiest way to build the business, businesses, was the slow traveling. You know, I would spend like three months in Norway, for example, because I was dating my wife. And 
that's how long you're allowed to be in the Schengen area in, in Europe. You can stay for 90 days every 180 days. So if we wanted to squeeze a little more time, like one time we met up in Cambodia for like a, and Vietnam for like a month, and then we came to Norway. So we got to spend four months total together. Uh, so mostly I was spending like three-month chunks in either Norway or like a month here, a month there, either with her or on my own. And then I would come uh, back to the States and be there for like another chunk of time. So I was, I was maybe living in like, I don't know, two or three places like, and three or four times during the year, uh, if that makes sense. So that's, that's very general. Um, but when I was traveling, traveling, uh, it was a lot harder to get things done. So I found that slow travel is really the best way for a digital nomad or somebody that wants to start a location independent business to actually get some work done because you have time to set up in a place, you have time to get Wi-Fi, you have time to get some things done and everything isn't so up in the air. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It makes me feel like an idiot because we're at this point, so much of our travels has been like, if we're in a place for a week, that's a long time. And it gives me anxiety because I'm not able to get as nearly as much done as I want to. So yeah, but it's like, but you're all, you're traveling too, you know, (laughs) like that's has so much value. I think, I think, I do think like, I hear what you're saying because I feel the same way, but also I hate to date myself, but I'm going to say <laughs> it when I was your age, <laughs> you know, I was mostly just, yeah, I was working on the road, but then also when I was not in doing contract work, I was just traveling and I didn't have a computer with me. I didn't have work with me or anything. I think there's so much value in that. And I think, you know, if you're listening to this and you're somebody like us, like we both get stressed out in this way. Cause I know I, I do, um, just remember that just the travel part like is going to enhance your business even though it doesn't seem like oh you didn't send out 50 emails today or you didn't like build that website or whatever like the experience itself does does carry over to your business it's just in unquantifiable ways yeah and when i when i hear you say that what it makes me think of how it relates to someone like me and everyone will probably have their own definition but it's, it's like whenever we go out and do something cool in the RV, and I always throw out the Tetons because that's probably our favorite national park in the U.S. I just yeah. love Jackson, awesome. Wyoming, and the Tetons. So I think about these really cool moments, and when I think about hardships or whatever that we have on a day-to-day basis while we're running our business for whatever reason, like if a client contract's coming up and we're like, okay, we need to get this new opportunity going on or whatever, um, I think about how badly I don't want to give that up. And it makes me work harder. So I think right. about someone like you who went out and traveled for 10 years and you got the taste of living on the road in this lifestyle. And I think that's a powerful thing to be able to say, because if you're just sit, if I would have just been sitting in an office and never known what I was missing out on, like if I was only looking at my Instagram and seeing traveler profiles, maybe that wouldn't be enough. I wouldn't really know what I was missing, but having <laughs> the taste of the being location independent traveling and going where I wanted, it's just I don't know. I think it it invigorates you and fuels you to to get there. Yeah, totally. And like, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it just feels right. You know, (laughs) like what you're doing right now, doesn't it just feel right? Yeah. I I mean, I would say that does. I mean, that's, that's everything. So like, I think, you know, just to simplify it, if you're walking into a job and you're like, this just feels wrong, gross, (laughs) like you were talking about when, you know, we were on my podcast about your experience doing that get somewhere where it feels right yeah and maybe tra- maybe travel doesn't maybe nomad nomad life doesn't or rv life doesn't yeah it's not for everyone it might but- not but like if you're curious about it and you need to know if it's something 
that works for you, then like go do it. And like, if it doesn't, that's okay too. Or maybe like slow travel is better or maybe no travel. Like, but like definitely don't not find out. <laughs> don't, you know? Yeah. Don't not find out. That's a good, don't not find out. I'm doing yeah. the double neck. I'm going to throw that on like an Instagram picture. Don't not find <laughs> out what life could be like on the road. <laughs> what would you say is the biggest misconception? Because we talked about travel costs in our RV on your show. So let's talk about traveling the world. So what are some of the, I'm assuming probably one of the biggest misconceptions about traveling the world is the cost. So like oh, people yeah, probably think definitely. it costs way more than it does. So, uh, can you give us an idea of what some of the costs look like for you? And this is something I, I don't even know. Cause we haven't, I haven't done any international traveling outside of just Canada, us and Mexico. So I want to hear from sure. you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned, you know, in our interview, it's, it's, the sky's the limit when it comes to spending money. I mean, you can spend as much or as little as you want on, in all facets, facets of life, there are different tiers, I guess, of travelers, I would say, if you want to put them into that. You could call people, certain people budget travelers. You could call others mid-range travelers. You could call others luxury travelers. I call myself a free-range traveler, Heath, <laughs> because I like to incorporate all of those elements. But generally speaking, I've been a budget traveler traditionally, budget to mid-range depending, but that doesn't mean you don't treat yourself sometimes, right? And like the RV lifestyle that so many of your people in your audience live, you know that living in an RV cuts certain costs. And it's the same way with travel, you know, giving up a place to live for 10 years like I did and working on the road meant that I didn't pay for a mortgage for 10 years. I didn't have a car for 10 years. I didn't have car payments. I didn't have to pay for gas even because the companies I was working for, I was driving their vehicles. They were paying for it. I know this isn't everybody's situation, but the point is you have something, it's what I call substitution costs. So there are certain costs that go with you on the road. Whether you're at home or you're on the road, you still have to eat. You're still going to go to the grocery store and buy food. doesn't matter where in the world you are to do it right now. You could go to a place somewhere else in the world where it's cheaper to do that for sure. I mean, you could go to a place like Thailand and spend um, a dollar for like a giant bowl of delicious noodles you buy in the street or less and you can eat a lot cheaper, you know, but either way you have to eat, right? You have to have a roof over your head. So you're doing it by, you know, saving money and living in an RV. Other people travel the world and they stay in hostels because you could stay in a hostel in Central America for, you know, 10 to $20 a night or maybe less and depending on your budget. Even if you're spending say 30 bucks a night, which would be on the high end for a place like that, you're probably getting a pretty nice place to stay. That's 900 bucks a month. There are probably a lot of people here listening that pay more than $900 a month in rent right now. And if you give up your apartment, you're just taking, if you're paying $1,000 a month in rent and you say, I'm going to go travel for the year, well, you can already earmark $12,000 into your travel budget because you're not going to be paying for your apartment. You know, so these costs that kind of you can shift around and uh, travel, world travel is definitely affordable, especially with budget airlines right now. Like Norwegian Air has some crazy deals. I talked to uh, I met up with a, a listener uh, recently, just a couple weeks ago. They flew from L.A. to Norway round trip ticket. Uh, I think the ticket they bought was like two or three hundred dollars. Wow round trip from LA to Norway. And they went to a whole bunch of other places around using like budget airlines. They flew around Europe and did some other things. So, you know, don't assume it's expensive. That's just 
just don't assume it. Like, <laughs> make sure you look into it before you say, ah, it's too expensive. It's not something I'm going to do because it's something you can do. And if done right, you don't have to spend a lot of money on a trip. And I find that the less money you spend, the more authentic experiences you probably have. Yeah, I love that. I mean, just like growing up, I used to go on Disney World vacations and going skiing. And so I think that people think of long-term travel in the context of those situations where you're spending $150 a day to go to a theme park at Disney World. Uh, You know, that doesn't scale. Well, no, it doesn't. You're right. (laughs) You know, or staying in nice hotels. So uh, like you said, it's it's totally different. Costs are unassociated. But I want to dive into more of the business and what you're doing now with the podcast, the location indie community. Uh, Because there's a lot of people who we meet out on the road who are you know, travel bloggers, content creators, uh, people that are interested in doing new media, I guess you'd call it. Uh, and Mm -hmm. so I'm always interested just personally and selfishly from someone who is, you know, in a similar space as you, what were some of the decisions that how you went into productizing what you've done with zero to travel? And first of all, maybe can you give like a little pitch for zero to travel if people haven't heard the podcast? (laughs) Uh, yeah, sure. The podcast is just, um, Essentially, it's to help people travel the world on their terms, no matter what your situation or experience. So like I said, I mean, I'm sharing all the different ways you can travel and there are many ways to do it. And the reason why I came up with that concept is because I have that personal experience in my life, uh, having worked travel jobs, having done like, you know, volunteer type stuff, having just been a budget traveler, having started my own business where I can work while I'm traveling, you know, those are like the core ways. But then within that, there's tons of different ways that you can do it. So essentially my job on the podcast is to just share all the different ways you can do it and all the different ways you can save money traveling, you know, whether it's straight budget travel and, and as you're working on the road, if that's something you're doing. So that's zero to travel. I love the name of the podcast too. It's an awesome name. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Names. Gosh, that one, that was one of the names where like, it's my other business. I don't know. Like, you know how it is with names. Sometimes you're trying to decide a name and you're like, you can struggle with that forever and that can stop you. But uh, that <laughs> yeah. was one where I was like, oh, this is awesome. I really like this. I really <laughs> hope it's available. And it was. So lucky yeah. me. Um, so you but, started uh, So you started the podcast while you were had in this contract and you were doing business development and you were traveling around mm-hmm. the world. And so you just started as kind of thinking this is going to be a hobby. Um, I'm going to interview other people. And then it grew, it grew. And now lots of people listen to it. It's one of the top travel podcasts on iTunes. And you've even built this community along with the host of another podcast called Extra Pack of Peanuts, uh, which is a community of people who come together and go out and, and basically support each other while they're going out to travel the world. I'm probably giving a really crappy description, but you can jump in. No, that's okay. Yeah. Location Indie is a community I co-founded with my buddy Travis that you mentioned. And basically, you know, like you, I mean, we had, I know you'd been to the WDS event and we'd been to these different conferences. We actually met at that conference, Travis and I, and we just found so much value in community and getting around other people that were either living this lifestyle or like working towards it. You know, we just found that the people that were doing it were, I don't know, inspirational, intelligent, creative, like all in their own unique ways. And we were all like struggling individually, you know, like suffering through all of the the pains of uh, not only built business building, but trying to build a, a certain lifestyle that a lot of people just don't understand. Like, what do you mean you're going to do this thing? You're going to live on the road or you're going to travel around and like, what do you mean? You're just getting on a plane and go, you know what I mean? Like, it's just <laughs> yeah. people don't. 
so I don't you, know why. So you guys were just... kind of meeting in the stage where you were building Zero to Travel podcast. He was he had the extra pack of peanuts podcast, and you guys were gathering, you know, providing content around what you loved and community yeah. what you loved. But I guess trying to figure out like how do you turn this into something bigger or? Well, we weren't really trying to. It's funny, like it, it did happen sort of organically, you know, with the podcast, like you you mentioned. I mean, it's I'm fortunate it it has resonated and. The more you get into a project, the more you understand different perspectives because you meet different people as it goes along and you start re- recognizing, oh, well, you know, these people have a similar pl- problem as me, which is, you know, we want to be around more people like this because it keeps us energized, keeps us enthused. So that's when we realized, well, why don't we start this community so we can actually bring these people together? And um, that's what we did. And we didn't know how it was going to work, if it was going to work. Travis and I, you know, like you, you mentioned, we each have podcasts. So we just put it out to our communities and just said, Hey, well, let's, you know, if it's something people want, then they're going to join and, and we'll make it happen and we'll do all the, you know, we'll facilitate all the, all the stuff around the community if, if it's something people want. And, you know, you never know till you put it out there. Fortunately, you know, we launched it. We last February we had, I knew you launched in February cause it launched, you guys launched a podcast with at the same time as mine. So I was like looking at the new noteworthy all the time and you guys were always on there. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we actually, we launched the community. Well, we launched the podcast. Maybe we did this February, but we launched the community last February. Oh, okay, so gotcha. like a year and a half ago. Travis and I holed up in uh, Ocean City, New Jersey in the middle of winter, and uh, there was nothing to do there but but work. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so that's what we did. It was a funny time. And uh, we came out of it with this community, and we had like about 50 or 60 people join then. And we're like, okay, this is – and they were all awesome people. We started meeting up with them you know, in different places because you know, I was, hey, I'm traveling through here, and there were some people from the community there. So we'd meet up. So now we've got community members meeting up, uh, in various places. And we're actually doing, um, a meetup, uh, a big gathering for the community early next year. So it's just turned into a thing. It's awesome. And, um, yeah, I couldn't be happier, like getting to wake up and, and be around these people. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And how many people are in the community now? Uh, I don't know exactly as of today, it's somewhere between probably around 250 to 300 people. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So we've been growing it pretty slow intentionally because we, we want to make sure everybody's taken care of when they join or also rebuilding some of the websites. We want to make sure, you know, we're just, I don't know. We're just trying to keep it like a tight knit community basically, but we will be opening it up again pretty soon early next year. Uh, So is it a course or is it like an ongoing like membership? Yeah, so it's an, it's a membership site. Okay. But there are ongoing events and there is education in there as well. So yeah. this is where Travis and I like Travis and I both talk all about travel on our podcasts and we realized that there are a lot of people coming on sharing business stuff and there were a lot of people getting in touch with us asking about that stuff. So we wanted a place that we could geek out on our business stuff too. Because our podcasts are really about travel and we do talk about location independent business, but we don't I'm not going to do an episode on zero to travel that say like, you know, how to build your email marketing list yeah. or whatever. But like Travis and I will geek out about that stuff and we do that stuff in our own, on our own personal businesses. So that's where we share stuff like that in the community so people can see what we're doing and um, all the things that have worked for us and the various businesses that we've been a part of. Totally. Over yeah. the years. And, and from our community too, it's like 
people are finding this podcast, the RV Entrepreneur, most likely because they're interested of travel and they stay because there's also interested of business and stuff like that too. So I would imagine that's probably the similar with zero to travel. It's like you guys are featured in the travel places and travel section and not necessarily business because people kind of are first interested in travel. And they're like, Oh, well I need to you know make money or figure out how to do this cheap or things like that too. So that's interesting. And also like that you guys did something a little bit different because coming from a guy who does videos and a lot of courses with people, courses are, I think, kind of becoming a little bit oversaturated and everyone's doing yeah, them. And um, and so the uh, the community model that I feel like you guys have with Location Indy is so valuable. We just have a free Facebook group, uh, Make Money in RV, but it's been the best part of, probably the best part of this podcast, to be honest, because I get to see these people. We do blogger, you know, video chats or just video chats in general from people in the group who are transitioning into this lifestyle. And it's fun and it's engaging and it makes something real almost not that the podcast isn't real, but you can't, it's very one way and not community based. Yeah. I mean, as a traveler, as you know, like the whole point of travel is getting out there and meeting people like we love to be in, in the world, you know, talking to real people, doing real world things. So uh, it was a natural fit for our personalities as well to have a community because that way we actually we we get to meet online, but we also have the opportunity to bring everybody together in person in various ways. Uh, and, and going forward, we're gonna have more opportunities to do that. So it's it's definitely exciting, and it just allows you to connect with people on a different level. Totally. Something I, I always like asking about is how do you go about building your not necessarily your in, location indie community, but just your friends and maintaining relationships as you're on the road and also making new friends. Like how do you, how are you intentional about that? I've been pretty good about that over the years, actually just took the time to call people, you know, and I would call people that, uh, even don't call me very often, but (laughs) just making the effort to keep in touch, you know, now of course, you know, it's easier with social media, but you know, back then (laughs) I'm dating myself again. (laughs) But seriously, I think just picking up the phone and and calling people and then making the effort to see people when you're in their neighborhood. I mean, I think one of the cool things about travel, and I've been very fortunate to discover this as a as a byproduct. It's not something I knew when I started traveling, but I was like, oh yeah, you're passing through different cities where like various friends live as you're traveling around. And these are people like you'd probably never get to see in person if you were living like a regular nine to five job with two weeks off a year because you know, you'd spend one week like going on your vacation and one week like maybe visiting family or friends. And like, maybe you're probably not going to visit the random friend in, uh, you know, Kansas city or St. Louis or wherever, you know, but when you're traveling around, like you're just crossing paths with people all the time. So you get to meet up with all these interesting people. And I find that that's been a great way to, to, to keep like friendships and connections. It, It makes the world feel really small. And it's funny in the RV world too, because, I mean, we were, again, I'm bringing up the Tetons again. I need to come up with better examples. <laughs> but we were boondocking up there, and there were, we were in this spot where there's like 10 rigs out there boondocking in this really amazing location called Upper Teton View, and you could just have this amazing view of the mountains. But I, I briefly met these other people. They had this Airstream. They had a logo because everyone in the RV world that blogs and that's young has like a logo on the outside of their RV that says like who they are. <laughs> oh, where really? Yeah, it's like a thing. Um, <laughs> that's we, hilarious. Yeah, we need to get one for our rig because we don't, but <laughs> – so anyway, it's just like you run into these random people. It was like we were dumping our tanks. Uh, so those people, I, I was just driving on the interstate last month in Cal- in Washington. I like see them at an outlet mall as we're driving yeah. down the interstate. 
and then within like another a few days later i was like dumping our black tank and uh crater lake national park and i'm like running to go check out and see if this campsite's available and someone's like heath uh it was like people that we follow we follow each other on instagram uh or something like that and it's just i don't know it makes the world feel really small but uh anyway uh last question i have for you is it's kind of a deep question ask it every episode but what does success look like for you in this lifestyle as you're traveling the world experiencing different people running your location independent business and with your wife and your little one, what does success look like? <laughs> uh, it's just making the most of what I have and, and you're helping other people achieve their, their goals, you know, and, and, and going on good faith that that means that they're, they're going to put out their, their best stuff and something hopefully good into the world too. That makes me feel like successful. You know, if I, if I'm putting out good work that I can be proud of and that can help others, and they're able to take value from it, then that's, uh, that's cool. Yeah. And it allows you to travel too at the same time. So it's all good. Totally. Yeah. Well, Jason from zero to travel podcast, uh, where can people learn more about you aside from going to check out the interview that you and I did on your podcast <laughs> that was also released today on your show? Yeah. I mean, if you're listening to a podcast, obviously you like audio. So check out zero to travel. If you want more travel goodness and Location Indie was the community we mentioned. It's I-N-D-I-E, locationindie.com. If you're interested in location independence or earning money from the road, we talk, we, we combine that with the travel lifestyle over there. So that's uh, our community. And it's totally free to hop on the email newsletter list. And we try to like send value-driven stuff out all the time. So you can check stuff out. And we share what different things around the web that we like and all kinds of stuff over there. So yeah, that's... Uh, that's pretty much it. And zero to travel.com, of course. But I mean, you're really not supposed to give out like 10 different links. I'm just telling everybody what. Yeah. If you, if you missed all that or you're in information overload, just go to, go to the, <laughs> go to my blog, uh, the show notes page, and you can find all the links on there. So we'll link up to everything. Jason, so thanks so much for being on the podcast with me today, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your time and uh, we'll chat soon. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to grab the show notes from this episode, head on over to heathandalyssa.com forward slash episode 45. And if you're out running a business right now while you're traveling or have a cool project that you're doing uh, while RVing across the country, shoot me an email and let me know because I want to share your story here on this podcast, heath at campgroundbooking.com. Each week after my interviews with folks, I'm highlighting different stories from you guys so we can document more people who are out living this lifestyle and doing awesome things. I just want to say thank you guys again for tuning in and listening to this podcast. Every time I see, receive an email, a Facebook message, a Twitter message uh, for the people who still use Twitter, it seriously makes my day because I know a lot of times I'll listen to podcasts and I'll never reach out to the founder and just say, hey, thank you for hosting this podcast because I figured they get lots of emails or whatever. Uh, but I can tell you I read everyone. I respond to all of them. I read all the reviews in iTunes and they all make me <laughs> really happy. I mean, it, it's just great to be, I know that sounds corny, but it's it's cool being able to hear from you uh, because you get to hear from me a lot and just hearing who's on the other end of iTunes or Stitcher or Overcast or whatever app you're using. It's just cool to be able to talk and, and get to meet, even if it's just over email or, or whatever. So, so please reach out, feel free anytime, contact me, and I'll talk to you guys next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.